This is Marketing Heroes Unfiltered, the journey to CMO, the podcast where we interview high-achieving B2B marketing professionals to know their stories, struggles, and insights in this fast-paced and competitive industry. Hosted by Leslie Carruthers and Danny Muscaplatt. Let's meet today's hero. Kat Steiner is a senior enterprise value strategy lead at Pendo, focused on partnering with key accounts and internal teams to drive strategic initiatives forward with enterprise customers. Kat joined Pendo from the customer side, where she was a manager inside the product analytics team at Thomson Reuters. She spent a total of 10 years at TR, holding numerous digital and CX transformation roles before ultimately joining product to drive data strategy in alignment with business objectives. She is a trusted leader, driving teams to advance transformation within matrixed corporate environments. Pendo is on a mission to elevate the world's experience with software. From Fortune 500 enterprises, to B2B tech startups, to educational institutions and healthcare systems. Organizations around the world use Pendo to achieve a common goal, to accelerate and deepen product adoption. This is a show about marketing heroes, which is why you're here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So we like to start off by asking, how do you begin your day? Oh my gosh. I begin my day. I am addicted to morning coffee. So I start my day with a high quality, hot cup of coffee early before the sun's up when my house is still quiet. So I can just think about everything I want to accomplish and tackle in the day. Mm -hmm. And that's my goal. I've got two young kiddos and my son's an early riser. So I'm always trying to just have a moment, just me to really get my thoughts collected for the day. Every day is a new day, right? And there's a lot to, there's a lot for us all to do and accomplish in a day. So that's why I like these days my ratio is pretty strong. I would say about 75% of my mornings I accomplish my primary objective of having a cup of coffee. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Your primary KPI <laughs> finish the coffee yes. success 110%. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so because this is a heroes podcast. We ask all of our guests for their origin story. Oh my gosh, amazing. What is it that created who you are now? I'll do a two-part answer. So one thing I've been thinking a lot about recently is okay. my dad was a business consultant in downtown San Francisco for Arthur D. Little at the time, I believe now, Arthur Anderson. So he consulted businesses like on their strategy, growth initiatives, all kinds of stuff. And my mom was a financial analyst down in Silicon Valley in the 90s when Silicon Valley was brand new. So she dug into complex financial data sets for organizations like Oracle and whatnot um, and helped them keep things moving, keep the wheels on the bus. And I essentially love data, love numbers, love growth strategy. And I love working with different teams within organizations, whether I was on the TR side with Danny or now here on the Pendo side to really advance their growth initiatives, leveraging data. So that's kind of like the crux of both of my parents' brains, what they were strong at. And that subsequently, I feel like I'm here in my roles the past 10 years or so, always in that new positions, leveraging data to drive growth strategy the right ways. 
Sounds like you're doing what you were born to do. Yeah. You're the sum yeah. of your parts. Yeah. Isn't that wild how that happens? I just, I think it's so interesting to think about that. I think when I was, yeah, when I was making the move from TR to Pendo, that, that struck me, my parents' backgrounds and how it really aligns to the work I do. And I just couldn't believe that because I think we often like to think that we're not similar to our parents, right? <laughs> so when you find those synergies, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Especially with you, with your parents, I think that there's in your future a podcast oh, a just about stories about your dad. A thousand percent. I think that you could. Fill, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that be amazing. would be amazing. I would love that. For sure. I would love that, Danny. We'll, we'll get that going. So you mentioned your role at Pendo, which I know has just changed. Can you kind of update us on what you're doing and how the new role is different from your old role, and how your old role was different from your background at TR? And then we'll kind of circle back to your origin story a little bit. Yeah. So just. Um, within the past handful of weeks, I transitioned from the product organization here at Pendo to our sales strategy organization with our CX and revenue org to focus on driving value with key enterprise accounts of ours in alignment with their strategic objectives. So really, I've been partnering closely with a number of awesome customers of ours to really dig into what they're tasked with driving within their product organizations and really rolling up our sleeves and helping them advance their data strategy and their product optimization initiatives. And so I now am formally partnering with a number of our customers to really continue on that work with them as they work on driving performance improvements and optimization of their product experiences in alignment with their business objectives. So Danny knows I love this stuff. <laughs> and I came into Pendo in the product organization to really align our roadmap, our key initiatives and product to large complex enterprise organizations like Thomson Reuters. I had met Pendo when I was at the TR side still, when I was, a lead in our product analytics organization at TR. I had started working with Pendo and then I went Pendo side. So that's kind of the recent, those have been my recent big moves a year ago from TR to Pendo and then now internally within Pendo. So super exciting stuff. And the promotion. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on the change. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, super appreciate it. I've been partnering with a lot of awesome yeah. teams here at Pendo and a lot of awesome customers. So I'm excited to officially, formally uh, do this in a formal capacity. Wonderful. Well, speaking of partnering with all these folks, and maybe you got some of this from your parents, how do you manage up and out oh. inside of large organizations? Maybe you can pull from your history plus uh, these two different areas in Pendo and these these two roles. Absolutely. I love this question. Oh, gosh, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> Danny, keep me on this. We've got time. Take it away. Um, so I'll go back in time to Thomson Reuters before Danny even joined us, I believe. About eight years ago, I was a part of the founding members of our original digital organization, our original enterprise digital organization at TR. There were about 28 of us, I believe, that were the founding members of the digital team. And we were tasked with driving digital transformation, increasing TR's digital maturity within a super legacy marketing organization. We, at that time, were right within the central marketing org at TR. And so we came in in the new roles to really influence what I say influence without authority. We didn't have IC level marketers under us. Those, those marketers sat within segment and product marketing teams. 
So we dotted line to those marketing teams, to those marketing leaders to really partner with them to advance digital. And that was definitely a change for TR. You had a lot of legacy VP, senior director level marketing leads, just didn't have digital acumen, essentially. Great, bright people, very good at their jobs. But digital was literally brand new to them. And it was a massive shift to think about engaging with users at different stages of the journey via digital. You're talking about teams that would develop really rich, meaningful content, value propositions, whatnot, that were like buried within our internal hubs (laughs) on completely unaccessible PDFs. I would have people very high up the food chain asking me to like add organic and add paid to their PDFs. Do SEO, I think was one of the quotes, Um, right? And so really had to sit down and really start from the top in terms of talking about building out like digital, like domain authority, search equity, establishing an SEO strategy, building content for organic, for paid, aligning content and digital to different stages of the journey. And we had to do so without being like leading those teams, right? We called it influencing without authority. And that can be really challenging in a large political legacy organization like Thomson Reuters. So really trying to, I always say, and still I say this with teams I work with at Pendo, I just was actually on with an awesome team member of mine talking about an account we're rolling into soon in the Pacific Northwest, talking about standing up some examples of what good looks like, where you find some teams that have an acumen and have some idea of what this could look like and are willing to partner. And you roll out some examples and you dry start driving some results, and then you do a show and share, and you start showing others within the organization, like, this is what we're doing and why. And you have to really go and do that and demonstrate that motion to get influence. Otherwise, it's just it's just too much change. It's too hard for them to understand and unpack. That's great. So as you think back to your progression from marketer to digital transformer to your current role at Pendo, are there a few things in your career that you can think of that have propelled you forward? that you think back to and you're like, that was a thing. That was pivotal in my career. For me, I have always dove right into really complex initiatives that are essentially untapped, that need some help and, and some leadership and some advancement. I often see people that want to advance and they're just doing their job, right? Which is great. We're all supposed to be doing our job. Mm-hmm. But doing your job doesn't mean you're going to advance. You're doing your job. That's fantastic. You might have a great review and you might get a little bump. (laughs) But to to really grow and to change and propel forward in your career, you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and to get your hands into something meaty and meaningful that is going to help drive the business forward. And that's going to be doing something beyond just your remit. That's what's identified. That's what's known. That's what's your roles for. There's always so much else to do and to dive into. And initially, I was initially in digital and digital product management, digital project management um, at Fine Law within TR. And I wanted to get into SEO and organic. And there was a window where like literally no one was doing that yet. They needed SEO managers. And I had been doing a lot of really gnarly data and analytics work for key business initiatives and key ops initiatives. And I was able to translate those special projects I was doing into a role in the SEO team. And then that paved the way for me to go agency side, which then paved the way for me to come back into the TR digital org when they were standing it up. So like all of those 
things I've done to tackle something that's like really gnarly and complex that no one else literally will touch have then like paved the way to the next thing. I got a call at TR when we were standing up our, our central enterprise product analytics org saying, Kat, that you have to do this. Like no one else is going to be able, no one knows the products in digital and our segments the way yeah. you do. You, we, you have to be the one to help us do this because it has to be someone on the inside that knows this. Because I'd rolled up my sleeves and I dug my hands into all kinds of initiatives that no one else was touching, which then led me to Hundo. It's a great reputation to have. You can't just be kind of like sitting back cozy with the crowd and then expect to grow. That's awesome. I love the idea of something breaking and the leaders going, crap, this is broken. Somebody call Cat. <laughs> but that is the reputation that you have, right? Come in and fix it. Figure out why it's broken. Figure out who you need to bring in to, to make it yeah. work. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Looking back over your career. Yeah. Can you see three pivotal moments that brought you to where you are? Yeah, absolutely. So first I will go back to when I really had identified that digital was going to be the wave of the future. And I wasn't in digital yet at the time. I was in project management for an educational testing company here in the Twin Cities really solid mid-sized organization, nice place to work. But I was just looking ahead at my career and like, what's next? Do I want to be in educational testing forever? And I had an opportunity through a good friend of mine who was in account management at TR to get into the digital org at TR into a PM role within a smaller area of the business that was already advancing digital. And so I took it just knowing this is going to be like where it's at. This is going to be how people are engaging in the future. And that was about 2008, 2009. And it was all relatively brand new. No one had really done those types of roles before in terms of thinking about the end-to-end process of building out websites and digital content and thinking about multi-channel and visual design and UX. That was huge. Just being able to kind of see that something was going to be upcoming and be able to be on the front of that because then it became just a part of how marketers need to think and operate and strategize. But I had already been, I'd already been doing it. Right. So then you're on the front wave of something that's tremendous. So that was huge. That was the first thing I would say. And the next thing I would say was taking a move from being at Thomson Reuters, where you had a very siloed and defined role, to then going to a small agency where literally you're doing everything. There's no one to hand anything off to. There's your you're constantly optimizing your resources and your headcount and your budgets to drive revenue. We were on the hook for driving results for our customers. They were paying us monthly to optimize their digital business to drive their results. And so I was overseeing a number of different technical initiatives, content strategy initiatives, channel initiatives, web initiatives on their behalf with their teams and my teams. So I got my hands in everything. My VP and my CEO would literally go sell stuff to accounts that didn't exist and they would give it to me and be like you're gonna do this now and I'd be like, what is this we just created it <laughs> and i'm like who am i gonna do this with but i don't know you tell us <laughs> and then that really paved for the way for me to going into the digital org at tr because we were expected to have that holistic view no one that had been in a very siloed only content only project management only design role would have gotten in to a digital strategy management role at Thomson Reuters where you had to look holistically. Yeah. And you kept that, you kept that demeanor with you. I mean, even at Thomson Reuters, when I met you, 
five, six years ago, you were always on the leading edge of whatever was coming. It seems like you you have that theme sort of in your background of what's the new thing, what's the next thing. Put me on the front lines, I'll figure it out. Do you kind of do you feel that about yourself? Like do you recognize in yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, Danny. Yeah, I I tell people all my roles the past eight years or so have been new roles, including this role right now. Oh, okay. In each of these roles, no one has done it before. And so you walk in and there's not a framework, there's not documentation. Sometimes there's not a job description. I've had a number of roles I've accepted where I haven't even seen a job description. <laughs> I'm hearing a very high risk tolerance. <laughs> and there's Sounds right. And they're like, okay, cat, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I think there's something really exciting about like the, the change and the subsequent growth that these roles are attributed with. Yeah. And so if you are going to have an appetite for that kind of fast-paced growth and fast-paced change, you have to, I think... Leslie have a risk tolerance, right? Yeah. It's the it's unknown. And a growth and learning mentality. I hear that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the patience of a saint. I mean, how many organizations have you been at where you're like, why can't we just do it? Why can't we just go? Why can't we just get it done? And you have to manage through the process and the, there's an order. Yes. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I wanted to go from large to small mm-hmm. is because I that's think great. trying to drive change and a large organization can take so much time and require so much effort. There was a story um, in my digital role at TR where we were trying to stand up a new area of our web experience for a go-to-market. That was a really exciting high growth go-to-market for one of our younger high velocity product lines. And it took us nine months to get one web page through the process. Oh my gosh. Nine months. Yeah. It had to go through product marketing, brand marketing, segment marketing, legal. I, I forget all the teams that had to touch it. Yeah, it's bonkers. It was unbelievable. And you're trying to help drive demand generation for a high growth potential go-to-market. Mm-hmm. And it takes you nine months to get an asset out the door. Like that's insane. That is insane. I really had that a few years ago. I, I decided I wanted to go smaller and see what, what, what we could get done being in a tighter, smaller organization. So when... Pendo relationship happened. I was excited. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you think about the length of time it has taken to get things out the door and you think about your career in digital and in marketing and agency side, how have you seen marketing and digital marketing change just over the course of your career? Great question. So before, when I think back seven, eight years ago, when we were just starting digital transformation at TR, it was viewed as a separate thing. It was like there's marketing and then there's digital. Mm -hmm. And it was like very scary and unknown to legacy marketing people. What is this? You're telling me we're going to expose content. It's always going to be on. We're not going to have control over who's coming into the journey and consuming this content. Like, I remember conversations about starting to develop content specific to our pricing and our plans. That was an uphill battle. Going to an organization that was not transparent about pricing and talking about the need to have that down funnel content to lead into someone wanting to pick up the phone and purchase. That was a huge change. We had to start developing content specific to pricing and plans without any pricing and plan information on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, and then I saw it become more just a part of how teams think about how they go to market as opposed to this separate motion, right? 
and bringing it together. We need to think about brand and events to then true demand generation and getting prospects down the funnel and then understanding what's equating to qualified sales and mm-hmm. truly starting to bring it all together. What keeps you up at night, Kat? Besides your two little ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think when there's internal friction and lack of internal alignment around significant growth opportunities we have as a business that are preventing us from fully achieving that growth potential. That's what keeps me up at night is, is when you have to just do so much to navigate internal alignment. Mm, being thwarted. To truly rally around growth. Thwarted. That's a great yeah. answer. Getting, getting in your own way. That's a great answer. Getting in your own way when organizations just truly are getting in their own way. And then you see the competition just out there killing it. Great. What advice do you have for future marketers or junior marketers now? Gosh, I would just dive into anything that you see as an opportunity that's untapped, that has additional potential, that's beyond just kind of the norm and the standard best practice. And just dig in, roll your sleeves up, learn something new, test something new, test, iterate, test, iterate, and really think holistically beyond just your individual initiative, your individual piece of content, your individual campaign, and think holistically about downstream impact and how it's driving results downstream, not just how it's performing, not just how users are engaging with it, but connecting it to revenue and meaningful results. That's great. Let's talk about the shift that you've made from the digital side of the house to the product side of the house. Can you just kind of walk us through that journey and your thoughts on that change? Yeah, absolutely. So back in our digital org at TR in about 2015, 2016, had done work on bringing a beautiful product that we'd acquired into the fold at TR, both from a product perspective and a digital marketing perspective. They had had one big experience that both was their their marketing experience, their marketing content on the same domain as their product experience. So we had to do a split and map out how we were going to migrate them into our content product platform and also into our, our marketing domains. So that was actually one of my, my first major projects in, in digital at TR. It was super awesome, super exciting work. And we had done an analysis on where their product experience was driving engagement, growth, and saw that so much of their business was growing from the product content. They had been really clever and put about 200 words of their product content behind like a paywall. So it was exposed to Google and it was driving a ton of demand for them month over month. And it subsequently was resulting in in sales for their sales reps. And so it was really critical for us to get the migration right in terms of migrating the content into our product platform in a way that was still going to drive that rich demand, while also bringing the marketing experience into our digital properties in a way that was going to differentiate it from other products. When I looked at the data, I saw that over 70% of qualified lead volume for sales was coming from the product itself. And just within the product, there was so much rich data and usage you know, trends that we could leverage for our broader business initiatives back across marketing and sales and whatnot to drive cross-sell upsell. And so I'd advocated for a product insights role with my VP of digital for someone to just focus on truly what was happening in those product experiences that were such a source of engagement and demand. And he had said, "Um, we're here to drive digital maturity. I totally hear you. This is like an untapped opportunity for TR, but this isn't our mandate right now. 
I don't have headcount for this. I don't have budget approval for this. So we're going to have to go to product. We're going to have to go to leadership and advocate for a team on this, for budget on this. So if like you want this to be your job. And I just totally felt like we were missing missing the boat. <laughs> I was like, this is yeah. crazy. This is this is literally where our users are. Yeah. Who needs like a thousand different outbound email blasts and millions of dollars worth of banner ads when like this. Right. This is it. And so fast forward a handful of years when they called me and asked me to help stand up the product analytics team. I was like, absolute yes. It was like the shortest conversation. I think it was probably one of the fastest internal moves than Thomson Reuters that ever happened. I had my offer letter within like a couple of days, <laughs> which is very fast for TR. Because I just so believed yeah. that we were missing the boat on tapping into that data of what our customers were doing in our own products. We were sitting on just untapped potential to inform our broader strategic initiatives. Do you have a, a burning topic? Do you have like a, a passion theme, something that you care about very, very deeply that you want to talk about? I mean, like, like my passion theme, I feel like Danny is really like making truly data-driven decisions Yeah. to drive the customer journey, right? Like so often teams just look at their thing, the product person's building a thing and they want to see if, if there's clicks on it. They want to see usage, right? The marketer is standing up a landing page and they're like, do I have a form submit? (laughs) And there's such a deeper story there in the data to bring together. So really honing in on not just like the KPIs for the one thing the marketer or the product manager is building, but how it correlates to the next stage of the user journey and how it ultimately correlates to like growth in the business and revenue. That's a big one. So have you had success overcoming that? I mean, we know in both of our careers, you've got CMO is chasing mass and sales team is chasing sales and the digital is chasing traffic. And those are very siloed KPIs. So Mm -hmm. as you think beyond the surface data, where have you had success or what's your advice to people who are trying to overcome that, that siloed KPI chasing? I think at the crux of it is anchoring to the primary business outcome you're trying to drive. So if you're trying to drive net new acquisition, then you should be thinking about the performance of your marketing initiatives and the context of net new sales and net new logos and what your initiatives are doing to contribute to that and measuring that through and through, not just lead volume, but qualified leads, sales attributed leads, quality across channels, what's performing, what's not performing, how are you allocating your budget accordingly? And on the product side, you shouldn't just be thinking about building and shipping features. You should be really correlating that to value, right? Into business outcomes for your end user. How are they using your product to drive growth in their business and being able to tell that story? Those, I think, are the people that are going to be able to get, you know, budgets approved, resources allocated, initiatives getting the eyeballs of the C-suite. Love it. Cool. Thank you for that. So Kat, if your career is a movie... Who plays you? Interesting. I mean, the Julia Roberts, like Aaron Brockovich, I feel like is a good one. She's just out there like telling it how it is. I'm saying Julia Roberts. Like just no BS. Like let's get to it and find some solutions, people. Yeah. I could see like a Meryl Streep, you know, like industry leading, super talented, you know, sort of the pinnacle of quality. Everybody Mm -hmm. looks to her and if she's standing up, we're all going to stand up, that type of thing, you know, just crazy talented, very selective with her roles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you have a productivity hack? Oh my God. Do I have a productivity hack? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so for me, in terms of like fully optimizing my day, when you think about the big rock, little rock strategy, right? What are some quick things I can get out the door first thing in the morning after that hot cup of coffee to just keep things moving downstream and get others what they need right away, but then not spending too much of my energy and my time on the smaller things, really digging into those big rocks we need to move. So where I'm focusing the bulk of my efforts is on initiatives that are going to have the most impact around me. And so not getting dragged down and bogged down by all the little things. There's always going to be ankle biters. There's always going to be work. I tell my husband, I get mad when he's like, oh, I have so much work to do. I'm going to work tonight. I'm gonna, there's always going to be work. We're all always going to have work every day, all day, indefinitely. Yeah. What do you need to do in this moment in time to drive impactful results in the near term? Go there. Well said. What's the last book you read? Oh my goodness. I recently finished Where the Crawdads. Mm. What? That was a beautiful, mm. beautiful book. I watched that movie with my mom. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen the movie yet. Danny and I is a good friend, my former boss and VP of growth at TR Delphine. She lent it to me and it took me a hot minute to get through it because I have two kids and work full time and don't have a lot of time for reading books. But it was a beautiful, beautiful book. And then I have Michelle Obama's new book that Santa brought that I'm excited to dig into probably this summer at the lake. Awesome. If you could be famous for one thing, what would it be? Gosh, I feel like it would be contributing to solutions around some very pressing problems we have, like overpopulation contributes to climate change, right? I'm very vocally a wannabe vegetarian because reducing my intake of our four-legged friends is one of the, the many things that we can do as individuals to help slow down climate change. So just anything like that, where there's an initiative that correlates to all of us coexisting as humans on this world to help those little kiddos have a world that's still intact when they're our age. That's great. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Oh my gosh. My good friend, um, Ravi Valenki from TR, he told me, Kat, I'm going to call you bold and passionate. You're a bold passion. Oh. And I love that because I am very boldly passionate about what I believe and the work that I do. And sometimes people are a little taken aback by that or they don't necessarily know how to engage with that. But other times, a lot of people are really energized by that and it can help really drive cross-functional alignment around change. That is a great segue into the next question. I think you got two-fifths of your answer already. Describe yourself in five words. High energy, enthusiastic, growth strategist, data-driven growth strategist. We'll give you a couple extra, Alex. That sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and full yeah. passionate. Awesome. So, Kat, you're in a unique situation where you and Danny have worked together directly building something. I want to hear the origin story of the two of you, please. Amazing. So Danny and I met in the digital studio at Thompson Reuters. Danny was in an e-commerce strategy, digital sales strategy leadership role. And I was an omni-channel digital customer experience lead within one of our key business units. It was professional love at first sight, right, Danny? Because we met. Danny, why don't you tell a little bit about how we first met, a little bit of the context? Well, I remember sitting in a room and we were trying to crack the nut of e-commerce. You within your segment, me within my e-commerce segment. And we were in a room and it was the most bonkers meeting I think I'd had in a very long time. And there was a moment where I looked at you and you looked at me and we both had the same look of what is going on here. And we didn't say anything, 
and I think you were like eight and a half months pregnant at the time. You were very, very close. And we left that meeting and we ended up circling up outside of that meeting going, do you hear what I heard? Did you hear what I heard? We were just like same brain, same point of view. And we became best friends immediately. Is that your recollection? Yeah. Yes. So Leslie, earlier on, I spoke about how like marketing teams, product managers can think about things in terms of their silo of what they're building and driving usage and engagement just for their thing without thinking about the connectivity with the overall customer journey. And in that moment, there were a number of people really, really focused on driving traffic to the buy now button. And I said, did you look up funnel? Did you look at the steps ahead of the journey and measure them and understand what's working and what's not? And if we have the right pieces of content, the right information in place for them even to get to the buy now button? And then have you looked at what's happening if they engage with the buy now button? What's happening? Are, are they purchasing? Do they have a significant contract value? Is that is that driving meaningful results for the business? We're spending a lot of money on this. Is what what are we actually driving at the end of the day? And they were so focused on the buy now button. So Danny and I coming together to really bring that cohesive focus on the end to end customer journey. That was like a, a change for people, but that's really what we had to do to drive those intended results. And so that's how we really started being partners in crime and all things omni-channel customer experience transformation is really truly thinking about the customer. Amen. And it was fun. It was fun. It was really fun. That's where you get to all the good stuff. That's where you get to content strategy and your multi-channel strategy and optimization of the user experience, testing, mm -hmm. iterating, testing again, iterating again, just continuing to go and refine. It's never really done. That's right. I, I don't, Danny, I, I don't think it's probably still done today. And that was years ago, right? So oh, yeah, it's always a work in progress. Yeah. Very cool. Kat, thank you for this. This is so much fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> we're going to keep talking to you as you progress in this role at Penda. We're going to keep having you back and you're going to give us updates on what you're learning and what you're doing and how you're leading the charge as you always do. Oh, yay. I love that, Danny. I'm always awesome. happy to come back and continue the conversation. Thank you both so much. Well, thank you, Kat. All right, we'll chat soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for staying tuned. If you're enjoying these conversations, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us to increase the podcast reach. Thank you. See you next week with more inspiring stories. This episode of Marketing Heroes is brought to you by The Search Guru, produced by Circle Audio and podcast cover art by Andra Lazord.